Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, September 17th, 2021. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week, and margaritas are in order. Now, real quickly, before we get into this shit we're going to talk about this week, uh, as I do every week for the people that are finding me for the first time or have never listened to the podcast before, Uh, This is an amateur podcast. It's not done in a studio. It's not professionally edited and mixed. You're going to hear some background noise. You might hear my dogs barking. You're going to hear my fan in the background. It is what it is. It's amateur. Secondly, if you're finding me for the first time, that means you probably don't know anything about my website. So if I could pimp myself for just a moment, head over to oldhippymedia.com. That's oldhippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, media.com where you're going to find anything you want to know about me specifically you're going to find my blog you're going to find links where you can follow me on the various social media platforms you're going to find my merch store with 160 different items to choose from you're going to find links on where you can buy my first two books entitled dearest renee letters from the coronavirus war of 2020 and a grateful life the life story of a husband father and taco loving deadhead each one is available in paperback and ebook formats. All right, that's enough of that. I don't want this to turn into a commercial every week, so I try to get through that as quickly as possible to make it as painless as possible, but I got to pimp myself a little bit. You understand. All right, speaking of moving through something really quickly, I know that not everybody tunes in for the football, so I'm going to do the picks real quickly like I do so we can get them done, and they're out there for uh, public record. Last week I went 8-7. and seven. Not exactly a stellar opening week. Once again, I did not pick the Thursday games as I record my podcast on Thursday for a Friday air, so I, I omit the Thursday games. Eight and seven. No bueno. A lot of parody this week. Anybody can be good any given uh, day, uh, day of the week. Uh, unless it's my Colts. I don't know. Uh, they got fucking demolished last week, and I got them losing this week to the Rams. So it looks like they're going to go 0 for 2 to begin the week, which is just no fucking good, man. (sighs) Anyway, not going to dwell on that. We're not going to get too deep into it. Let me just quickly give you my picks, with the exception of the Thursday game. Here are my picks this week. Patriots, Jaguars, Bills, 49ers, Rams, Steelers, Bengals, Browns, Panthers, Cardinals, Bucks, Seahawks, Chargers, Chiefs and Packers. And yeah, I am picking the Packers at home on Monday night despite Aaron Rodgers' performance last week. But I got to tell you, if he comes out looking like uh, what anything close to what he did last week, it might be time to sit him down. Something ain't right with him. But I digress. It's enough football. People don't turn in. A lot of people don't tune in for the sports. So let's move on, shall we? As with any week, I've got some things to talk about in the realm of politics. I have some things to talk about in the realm of COVID and the pandemic. Um, but before we get to all of that, um, kind of an overlying question, I guess I want to ask, is... And, and I know the people who are involved in this are probably not going to hear this, but in the off chance that they do, why the fuck 
are you trying to recreate a woolly mammoth? I know the official reason you gave, but what's the real fucking reason? Now, in case anybody hasn't heard about this yet, there's a company called Colossal. I don't know what they are. They said they can bring back the woolly mammoth by basically pulling a Jurassic Park, right? They are taking Jurassic Park technology from the big screen and and putting it to use in real life. Yeah, we've reached that stage of our existence, ladies and gentlemen. So they say that they can combine... (coughs) I can't believe I'm reading this. They can combine newly discovered, preserved, woolly mammoth DNA with the DNA of the Asian elephant. Apparently, from everything I'm reading, the... Asian elephant is the woolly mammoth's closest living relative. By combining the two DNAs of the uh, extinct woolly mammoth and the currently living Asian elephant, they would create a new animal that they, not myself, they are, are calling the mammothant. M-A-M-M-O-P-H-A-N-T. Mammophant. Yeah. Mammogram, right? That's the first thing you heard, right? Mammophant? That's the first thing I heard. What the fuck, man? First of all, why the fuck are you trying to do this? Second of all, who the fuck is in charge of your marketing? Jesus, Mary and Joseph. The mammophant? Anyway. The mammophant they say, would look like and presumably act like a woolly mammoth. You know, a a hairy fucking elephant. Now, are they going to be able to do this? They say they have the technology to do this, and the reason why this has become news in recent days is because they are enjoying a new reward. Uh, somebody has get granted them $15 million. Huh? Hang on a minute, man. I got to take a hit. What motherfuckers say $15 million. Million. I want you to think about that for a minute. Some rich person, family, or organization out there was, what, flipping through the who the fuck do we give millions of dollars to book? Came across scientists trying to bring back woolly mammoth and said, yeah, you know what, fuck it, toss him 15 mil, let's see what happens. Not only do they have the money, they have some credible backing. Harvard University genetics professor professor George Church is hopeful they can get this done. Fucking why? Now, the scientists who are behind this uh, give two predominant reasons why they're trying to do this. Now, just let me give you the reasons first. They say to reverse climate change, 
and to save endangered species. So let's take the first one, reverse climate change. Huh? A lot of scientists doubting that that first claim is a real claim. Something to do with how the woolly mammoths were able to strip away the snow and the ice and the permafrost to get down to expose the core of the earth during um, uh, the ice age and be able to release heat into the atmosphere. I fucked if I know. Motherfucker, I dug holes for a living. But the other scientists that I'm reading about are like, yeah, that's not happening. The second part, being able to develop the technology to maybe one day save endangered species, a far more noble purpose. I get it. Not necessarily opposed to it, although part of me is like, you know what? Sometimes animals run their course and then that's it. A lot of it is human, I get it, but whatever. I'm not going to get too deep into that. You want to use it for that, tech, for that purpose, I, I can't argue with it. The only thing that I'm looking at that I, I don't see anywhere in the fucking article is who's going to stop them. Have none of you... Like, none of you. Listen, I know you're scientists, so you spent a lot of time in the lab, and you spent a lot of time in school, but not one of you took a couple hours out of any one of your days, your entire fucking life, to watch any one of the Jurassic Park movies? Nobody saw any of them. Well, if you haven't, and you happen to come across this podcast, let me tell you, this, what you're doing... Finding preserved DNA of extinct creatures and Jurassic Parking that shit into real living creatures today is how we end up with dinosaurs. But Tom, they're not talking about bringing back dinosaurs. Just fluffy little elephants. Yeah, I know. And then what happens? Tell me I'm fucking wrong. Then what happens? Some scientists are hard up for money. Colossal's doing bad. Next thing you know, some evil prick with a briefcase full of money is like, I'll keep the fucking funding going. I'm just going to need a few velociraptors. Right? Next thing you know, we got velociraptors running loose on the streets of Tempe. There's pterodactyls in New Orleans, and there's a T-Rex in Tacoma. This is how that shit starts. Stop it. Stop it. We don't need woolly mammoths, okay? We don't need, we don't even need to, like, bring one back to kind of check it out. We don't need it. It Just stop it. Just, motherfuckers, stop. I have made it to 49. I got a couple, two, three decades left in me. Please, for the love of fucking Christ, do not introduce super predators in my golden years. I got shit to do. Fuckers are going to make me have to go out and buy all kinds of weaponry and shit. And have to fucking arm the Cherokee. Ah, Jesus fucking Christ, man. 
just put the shit back where you found it. Quit opening up tombs you don't know shit about. Quit unearthing cities you don't know shit about. And quit fucking with DNA you don't know shit about. Just stop it. Stop. Stop it. Jesus. What the fuck is wrong with people? We are our own worst enemy. We always have been. We will eventually be the reason for our own demise. I'm convinced of it. Case in point, this fucking pandemic. Let me tell you about a story here in the Chicago suburbs, and it's shameful that it's coming from the Chicago suburbs. It's coming from a little town called Glen Ellen, Illinois, which is this beautiful little upper middle class hamlet in the western suburbs. It's a beautiful, it's a lovely town. And it has now become home to a group of anti-mask shit stains that have taken to gathering every morning to protest the school's mask mandate. Now, in case you want to counter-protest and you're in the Chicagoland area, they gather every morning at the corner of Elm and Main before 9 a.m. in Glen Ellen, Illinois. I'll repeat that. Go ahead and grab a pen and paper if you need to. I'll wait. That would be the corner of Elm and Main in Glen Ellen, Illinois, every weekday morning before 9 a.m. So, as I said, these shit stains gather on this corner so that they can scream and yell and protest and act like a fool over the school's mask mandate, which is actually the school remaining in compliance with the state's mask mandate. Because if the school doesn't remain in compliance with the state's mask mandate, it risks losing some of its funding, the ability to participate in extracurricular activities, and the ability to participate in postseason play for its organized sports. But these human skin tags wouldn't know that because the amount of time it would take to actually sit down and find the article and read it that would tell them that would take away from their already very, very busy schedule of being a complete and utter embarrassment to humanity. Now, why am I so worked up about one particular protest? I, you know, I don't give a shit if people protest. If you want to go protest something, then go protest something. Myself, I have never protested anything in person since uh, freshman year of high school when I participated in a walkout over the school saying that boys could not have an earring. Fuck you, it was the late 80s, early 90s, right? And boys wore a single, I had a single black stud earring in my left ear. I was one of many, and they were like, boys can't have earrings. The fuck you say? So we walked out. That's the last time I, I honestly think I actually participated in a protest. Might be participating in one in early October here over this uh, Texas abortion law. This is, we'll, we'll talk about that as it becomes closer. Anyway. The reason why I'm so worked up over these 
particular sects of human excrement is because part of their protest, they're not just standing there with signs and screaming and yelling at cars that the schools should overturn the protest or, or, or just making themselves visible in front of the school for all to see. No, they, that's not good enough for these pieces of shit. Part of their protest is to yell at the kids walking to the school by calling them the children of Hitler. Now, in case you wanted to hear that again, that's Glen Ellen, Illinois, at the corner of Elm and Main, every weekday morning before 9 a.m. Yeah, part of their protest is calling children going into a school the children of Hitler. Fuck you. Fuck the horse you rode in on. Fuck everything you stand for. And fuck everything your kids are ever going to stand for. You rancid sack of dog shit. You human filth. You diseased boil on the ass of a dead rhinoceros. Go fuck yourself if you stand out in front of a fucking school and call fucking kids the children of Hitler. You're a fucking piece of shit. I could not believe myself. My ears. When I heard that story. Then I went and saw the article and I dug it up and I was reading it and I couldn't believe what I was reading. They're fucking adults. Some of which don't even have fucking kids in that school. I understand if you don't have kids in a school system, but you still have tax dollars going to that school system, so you want to make sure that that school system is run properly because that's your money. I understand completely. You have every right to go stand in front of a school and argue and yell and scream and protest about the manner in which they spend your tax dollars. You have every right to go to a school board meeting. You are financially invested into that school. But when it comes to students wearing masks, if you don't have a kid in the system, sit your fucking ass down. We have a piece of shit, quote-unquote, business owner in the next town over here that's trying to run for Congress in the district that's going to be fucking eliminated, so I don't know what fucking district this asshole is going to try and run in, who doesn't have a fucking kid in our school, but last year led a million unmasked march down to Springfield. Yeah, when about 100, 150 people showed up. Hell of a job organizing that, you fucking dipshit. But once again, you don't even have a fucking kid in the system, and you're going to go in there and say that my kid should be unmasked? Go fuck yourself. And then up here in Glen Ellen, you're going to come out and stand out in front of the kid, the school and call the kids the children of Hitler? I <laughs> Unfucking believable. How the fuck do the kids have more common sense than the fucking adults.
Fucking shameful. Absolutely shameful. All right, I'm going to calm the fuck down, and we're going to try something new. I'm going to try to add a sponsored commercial, a, a short 15 to 30 second commercial. I have never done this in 124 episodes. I have kept this a, uh, a commercial free podcast, but we're going to try this for the very first time because sponsorships are now sitting out there and we'll see if it works. Okay. So I will be right back. All right, everybody. I don't know if that commercial went through or not since it's the first time I'm even trying this. So if it went through great, if it didn't, well, then it's just going to sound like a brief skip in the podcast, and I'm back. Needless to say, while that was going on, I was able to take a hit and round the edges ever so slightly. So let's switch gears and move on to the world of politics now. Specifically, if we could, let's talk about the world of Trumpism, because Trumpism's not doing so hot right now. It's on a bit of a bad streak just keeps taking a beating. So Trumpism suffered a defeat um, in the 2018 midterms. And Trump lost the ability to control half of Congress uh, in that loss. And that was the beginning of a series of losses that would only continue to get worse for Trumpism as a, as a brand, as a whole. Because after the 2018 midterm loss, there was a couple of more elections. We had the Georgia runoff election. Now, rarely in my life would, would I have ever seen, not rarely, never in my life would I have ever seen a runoff election in the state of Georgia for both of that state's Senate seats. And in the balance would hang control of the Senate. And they lost that. That shows you that Trumpism was not strong post-Trump getting into office. And of course you had the unprecedented turnout to defeat Trump himself in 2020. I mean, just unbelievable numbers flocking to the polls or sending in ballots. And now? Now they just suffered another major defeat with the Trump-fueled recall effort getting quashed in in impressive, commanding fashion out in California. Gavin Newsom retains his seat with over 70% of the vote. I mean... You're talking about now from 2018 through the 2020 turnout, through the Georgia runoff, through this recall effort, you're talking about a series of really devastating defeats for Trumpism. Is this country done with Republicanism? No. Not even close. Is this country done with Trumpism? The majority of it is. Don't get me wrong, there's still a very vocal and very determined and loyal minority to this conversation. But the majority of this country is done with Trumpism. It has been losing. Trumpism 
has been getting its ass whooped in election after election ever since Trump took office. And listen, everybody go, no, man, we got the numbers. Okay, maybe you do. If you do, you're not showing it at the polls. Because you keep taking election loss after election loss after election loss. Don't get me wrong. You guys have enthusiasm. Nobody wraps their boats better than a Trumper. Nobody is dedicated to the horrendous tattoo quite like a Trump-supporting fool. You guys are, shall we say, above average in your ability to collect flags. I'll give you all of that, but that does not equate to having the numbers. You got lucky in one election because an antiquated election system allowed somebody that the majority of people in this country clearly did not want to get into office. That's it. Ever since then, you've been getting your your ass handed to you, and you fucking know it. And I would dare say, rightfully so. Because what I want to talk about now is what... It's, it's a video on TikTok made me think about this. Uh, because the, the video on TikTok spelled it out. And, and I saw the events of this week in our nation's capital. And it brought me back to that video on TikTok. Um, how bad has Trumpism been for this nation? It, it has been, like, I have put it down as, as another idea in a string of books that I want to write about is how Trumpism almost destroyed this country. If you're on TikTok, um, there's a, a creator called Cannon's Fodder. Uh, she's a, uh, I believe, a high school teacher in Florida. And um, she does, she, I first found her because she was doing a series of videos on the, difference be, the differences between the various generations and how the, 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 the events of their time affected and molded the various generations. And I thought it was very interesting content. And she did a, a video recently, um, uh, the day before September 11th, in which she talked about what she was discussing with her kids about September 11th and the realization that came to her head while she was having this conversation with her students and the emotional, you know, feeling that took over when this realization hit uh, while she was in front of her kids. And it's a very insightful video. She talks about how, in the process of talking about 9-11, she talks about how the terrorist failed to get to the Capitol building, right? They failed to hit the seat of our democracy. They hit the center, our financial center. They hit our military center, but they failed to hit the heart of our democracy itself. And flash forward to 2021 and 
Trumpers were able to get inside that building and do what the 9-11 terrorists were not able to do. It's a very powerful video. It's a very concise way of explaining, you know, this realization she came to. But let's take that sentiment just a step further. Let's, let's expand on it while we have the opportunity and we're not restricted by time. And realize that in the history of our nation, to the best of my knowledge, nobody's been able to get in there. The seditionists couldn't get into the Capitol. It wasn't until Trumpers got into the Capitol building that the Confederate flag made its way inside that building. The various enemies that we fought over time, the Germans, the Japanese, the various people in the Middle East, Southeast Asia, across Central and South America, not one of them was ever able to make it to our the steps of our Capitol building, let alone inside. Trumpers did. And now, what made me think of this again to discuss on this week's podcast? Because now we live in a time when domestic terrorism is such a real threat that that Capitol building is once again having fences erected around it to protect it from Trumpers. There's massive protests being planned on the, the 18th. And that's how real this is. We are once again sending troops into our nation's capital to protect it against domestic terrorists. Not against somebody from the Middle East, not against a a caravan of migrants, not against any one of the military enemies we fought over the fucking generations in this country. Not even the seditionists we fought at home. Nope. We are sending the troops into our nation's capital to protect it against Trump supporters. Domestic terrorists. The goal of foreign terrorists, the the ones that we've battled anyway, has always been twofold. First, make us weak, afraid, and vulnerable. And then, eliminate us. They carried out various kinds of attacks to achieve these goals. They attacked the World Trade Center a couple of times, attacked embassies and military barracks and warships, tried to blow up a plane, hijacked a few more. And none of them could ever get this country to live in that kind of fear. None of them could ever get in this country to live in the kind of fear that it took to erect fences around the Capitol building and the people's house and then send the military in to protect it. None of them could ever achieve that goal. 
And then, one day, a would-be dictator fired up his minions. And he sent them to the capital with a combative mindset. He said, fight! I'll be right there with you. We got to go down to the Capitol building and we got to fight for our country or we're not going to have a country. And he did to the United States of America something that none of its foreign enemies have ever been able to do. They made it inside the Capitol building. They overpowered American police and Capitol security force to get inside of the Capitol building while chanting how they were going to hang the line of succession. They did what not one foreign power has ever been able to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need a wall. We don't need a Muslim ban. The enemy is within. Trump supporting domestic terrorists are the reason our nation's capital will resemble the capital of a third world nation for the next few weeks. And that's a goddamn embarrassment. The entire Trump movement is a stain on our nation for what they have done to it. This is the United States of America. Without a question of a doubt, the most powerful nation to ever inhabit the planet. And we have to protect our nation's capital against our own people. Not some enemy from a faraway land. Not some invading force from the desert. Not, as I said, a migrant coming, uh, a migrant caravan coming up from uh, Central America. No, from people within our own country. People that would literally go into the Capitol building and hang the Vice President of the United States of their own party. What the fuck makes you think they wouldn't stop to hang every single person in that fucking building should they make it into it this time around? No, I don't think Congress is going to be anywhere near the Capitol building for that weekend. But think about that for a moment. Now that the Democrats are in power, if they were willing to hang the Vice President when it was their guy... What the fuck do you think they would do if they made it into the Senate and it was a democratically controlled Senate with Kamala Harris there? I'm not afraid of men in turbans. I'm not afraid of brown men who can't speak English. I'm afraid of white men in red hats. Because white men in red hats are the only group of people to date 
who have actually made it inside the United States Capitol building in an attack on it. White men in red hats are the single greatest threat to the United States of America in 2021. And there is absolutely no sugarcoating that. That's a cold, hard reality. Congratulations, white men in red hats. You are the problem. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for you this week. I am still working on trying to get a subscription model up and running for you. It's probably going to be weeks. It's probably going to be something over the winter. But what I am working on is the ability to give you possibly two additional podcast episodes a month, one every two weeks of a completely different style of content, but a podcast nonetheless. What kind of content? Don't know yet. Trying to figure that out. Um, But I do have subscription levels for you, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't think in a million years anybody would actually want to pay to hear me say a goddamn thing, but enough of you have asked that we're going to give it a whirl. We just got to figure out what kind of podcast material I'm going to offer you in those two bonus episodes every month. But that is what I am shooting for right now. Two bonus episodes for the podcast every month of a completely different kind of content for a subscription-based model. Uh, I will keep you abreast of any developments on that once I figure out what direction we're going to take that in and how we're going to present that and what we're going to offer you. In the meantime, as I said, this is all I got for you this week. Tune in next week for a new episode. And uh, until then, as always, stay grateful.